if you're looking for some straight-up marketing advice that's super chilled and also a bit of a laugh, then grab yourself a drink and get ready for Marketing and Margaritas, a podcast that makes marketing entertaining. Brought to you by Rebel Nation, direct from regional Queensland. Hello and welcome to Marketing and Margaritas. Today we have the fabulous Gemma Carey. She is the queen of organising festival of arts here in Mackay. Um, she works for the Mackay Entertainment and Convention Centre, also known as the MEC, here. Um, and we brought her on today so we can talk event marketing. Hi, Gemma. Hi, ladies. Really excited to be here. Very excited to have you here. Actually, I was just talking to someone yesterday about an event that they've got on this Thursday coming. So it's Friday today, so they've got less than a week. And they're like, oh, you should bring your whole team. Like, it's going to be great. And I'm like, I don't, I'm not really interested in the topic. And she's like, no, please, we need tickets. (laughs) Please uh, please just come. (laughs) We're friends. And I'm like, no, I'm not doing that. Brutal. (laughs) But I, yeah, I think it's one of those things that's sort of like we've gone through COVID times, like the really hard times and stuff where everything was getting cancelled and Mm -hmm. rescheduled and everything and events both for the public and corporate, they're all coming back online and some are just going great guns and selling out, you know, super quick and then some, like I know a lot of people who are organising events and they are struggling to get bums on seats. It's like people are crying out, wanting to do stuff and get connected again and everything, but then they're not buying tickets, they're not getting involved. So that's why we thought it'd be really great to have you on here today to talk to us about event marketing. So give us a little bit of a rundown of your experience. Like obviously Wine and Food Festival is ginormous and amazing. I'm, you know, I know that obviously you guys do market it sort of thing and, but it, it is, it's iconic. It has its own fault. Like people come every single well, it's year. It's the pinnacle of the festival, but the festival itself has like 30 odd events, right? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. So we've got, um, you know, the Festival of Arts is a, an entire month of programmed events now. It's it's grown in leaps and bounds. And I think that it's great that the Wine and Food Day is now so iconic, um, but it wasn't always that way, you know, mm. and we've really grown it from, you know, I think about 15,000 people to now it gets 30,000 and we're averaging about 65,000 people across the festival in attendance that's now awesome. each that's so year, amazing. which is so, so exciting. Absolutely, because that's community stuff, man. That's people getting together and celebrating and having fun with their friends and experiencing stuff. And, yeah, that's so cool. Um, but then, so on the other side of things as well is that you actually do do those smaller kinds of events and everything too, hey? Yeah, 100%. So, in, you know, when we're talking about the festival, there's those little niche events that we really have to push hard to get tickets to. There's also a lot of things at the entertainment centre. So, for instance, you know, we had uh, Black Cockatoo tour through. So it's the story of the Indigenous cricket team that went over to England. A hugely powerful piece, um, but it's really about audience development. So we've got those ones as well where we have to really push to get audiences there because it is such a great story and it's something that needs to be shared with the community. Uh, but really working to the angles to get bums on seats to those events. And, you know, you've got that on one side. And then on the flip side, you've got Wisely Wine and Food Day, which you just need to drop the, save the date. And mm. it goes nuts. <laughs> yeah. And I think too, like, you know, on a B2B space sort of thing, like what you said, it's audience education about the importance of things or how good something's going to be as well. Like, you know, with PD events sort of thing, I see people where they're like, oh, I know people really want to learn about this. But then when we host an event, no one comes. And it's like, you know, maybe it's that they don't actually understand what it is that you're offering or the solution that you're giving or what they're going to be getting from it and stuff. So it's really on you to communicate 
what's valuable about this event, what's the importance of it, why you should be coming. So, I, yeah, I get that on the B2B side of things as well. So when it comes to event management, which I fucking hate, like all get out, <laughs> I love marketing, but actual event coordination is the devil. So tell me, what do you like about it? <laughs> I love it. I just, I really thrive on the urgency of it. Um, you know, so call me crazy, but I do. It's, I definitely yeah, you, crazy. you can. It's okay. I'm <laughs> accepting. <laughs> I think, um, you know, we talk about it a lot that anyone that works in events has to be a little bit crazy. And so to stay in it for, you know, a pretty long time, um, I must be completely crazy. <laughs> uh, but, you know, it comes with such highs and lows. Um, you know, you get your times where things don't go right, but then when it really goes right, it's the most exciting thing to be part of and you know to work on it in, in more of a project uh, frame to start something to come up with an idea to and then to see it come to fruition and the impact that it can have on the community like yeah it's about smiling faces and all those sorts of things that you see like you brings s- people together man. oh so much so much and it's you know smiling faces is one thing and it's fantastic but you see the longevity and the outcomes that come out of it you know there might be a kid in the audience who then goes and learns how to play violin and they do that for a career and it's just so exciting to have to play a really small role in that. I don't know if I've ever actually told you this, but one of my very best friends, her and her husband met at Wine and Food Day. So when they were both living in Mackay, they met at Wine and Food Day and they couldn't remember what um, the date was. So they their whole time together, they were like together for four years before they got married, but they could never remember what their anniversary was. They just knew it was wine and food day. So I did their wedding speech and I actually went back and Googled what the date of that year's wine and food day was. And it was like only three days from their wedding. So when I did their wedding speech, I was like, you know, you so that you guys know your anniversary, <laughs> you're actually met four years ago in three days and in just a few minutes you'll be married for a lifetime oh, and that's so how lovely. I ended it but it was that event is what brought them together they would never have met otherwise oh, you know you yeah. did that you made that <laughs> <laughs> look we'll take and it both, we'll like, take really it. introverted and stuff too like if they hadn't had a couple of drinks and wine and food yeah. they really would not have met <laughs> so they were the wild ones at the front of the stage <laughs> that day that we were keeping an eye on yeah, yeah they were the ones that just need a couple of drinks so they can actually talk to strangers <laughs> But it is. It's connection and community and stuff. And, like, that's, again, that's on a personal level. But for business, it's exactly the same. Like, meeting people, you know, like, when you get older, making friends and stuff is not just turning up to school and, like, finding someone who's got the same (laughs) fucking colour port that you do. You know, when you go to events, like, I've got friends who are, like, people I've met at events that are just, like, really lifelong buddies sort of thing because we've just come together and got to know each other and kept seeing each other at things and then you form connections, you know? like Yeah, 100% right. You know, I think that there's not a person on the planet that goes to an event to be lonely. Mm. Yep. So it, it is all about bringing people together and having that connection and, you know, as event organisers, we see the benefits of that and, you, you know, you get that good feeling at the end of it um, and, you know, that's what drives us to keep at it. I know every time I go to do an event, I'm always like, why am I doing this again? I hate events so much. And like things always go wrong. You never have 100% of things go perfect with an event. Something always fucks up and like chances are it'll be on the day. And then afterwards there's like this split, like this 10 minutes or whatever when it's over and you're just the elation. You're like, yeah, I pulled that off. (laughs) Like it's just so exciting. And then you go to bed and you sleep for a week. (laughs) Yeah. We always talk about with with all the staff and, you know, um, particularly any new fresh faces that are coming into the event landscape that we are ducks on a pond. 
So above water, everything's beautiful. It's like, so fun. Oh, That's fine. We can we've organised this to a T and everything's going wonderfully. But underneath the, the surface, there's a lot going on. And, you know, you'll be frantic from one door, back of house, to coming out on the floor and everything's fine again and, and doing that circle. And it's a, it's a real skill um, and it, it takes a long time to develop. But once you've nailed it, um, I think that really helps with, yeah, event delivery and keeping it together. <laughs> just mm. keeping his sanity. Yes. Blasting through it. Not ending up in a corner crying by yourself. Yeah, rocking backwards and forwards. <laughs> <laughs> okay, cool. All right. So that's all about your events, experience, et cetera. So let's get down to the actual marketing side of things. When it comes to different event, act, like, you know, obviously different events require different kinds of marketing and everything. But what are some things that you've found that really didn't work or really bombed for you guys? I think we've had a couple of instances, um, you know, we get some really half, hard things to market and it's quite difficult to get some cut through. There's a lot of events, there's a lot of information now being thrown at people. So really trying to find that cut through is important for us. But we've had a couple, I think previously we've um, gone to you know, a spray and pray. So in the old days, that have you ever heard that terminology? No, I, it's like a shotgun approach. Oh, yeah, like yeah. I figure the thing, but that's such a cool way to say it, <laughs> yeah. spray and pray. Oh, look, I've got some other analogies that I probably won't say <laughs> I today. I was going to say, that one's like bordering yeah. a little bit yucky. <laughs> so, we, you know, we um, that approach where you'd just, oh, go to all the big things, you know, put a generic ad on the radio, a generic ad on TV, put a poster up and everyone's going to come to your events. Mm. I love that. You used to just be like, you make a <sighs> So people easy. See it, they'll know. Yeah. So now easy. we live in a digital realm. <laughs> yeah. So 100%. So, you know, those days are over. We need to have a, a more connected <laughs> approach. So we definitely that we know that that doesn't work. So if we are doing that, I think it's important to always keep those, you know, those generic always on type marketing going. Yeah, you still want your brand awareness and your continual 100%. recognition and stuff. Hey, there's things happening there. Hey, this is our events calendar or whatever. Like yeah. just your stuff that's kind of your baseline. But then obviously, yeah, when you've got something on, that's when you do your campaign-based stuff. Yeah. And, and, you know, you talk to people and your surveys will come through and it will say, how did you hear about us? And it says, word of mouth. I'm like, well, how did they hear? And how did they hear? And how did they hear? So at some point, why don't you go back and do a market research Jim is going to delete that line off the feedback survey. I'm no longer allowed to choose it. If you pick this, there's four more questions. But now it's like, it's Facebook. But was it a Facebook post or a Facebook story? Did you see a Facebook ad? They won't know. So we plant the seed. <laughs> it's all those seeds that are planted yeah. along the way in the generic marketing. So that's why, you know, in my perspective, that still needs to happen. Yeah. Um, we need to commit to doing that. But then, you know, um, figuring out how that's going to turn into a conversion to a ticket sale or an attendance at a free event is is the trick. So not the spray and pray anymore. <laughs> We've gone away from that um, generic customized conversation. So if we're sending things out via email and we're just sending it to everybody, whether they wanted to hear it or not, um, we're wasting our time and, you know, we're potentially losing that customer. So I think that's something that we're really going away from. Um, and yeah, segmentation is king, man. It's like you can 100%. just do so much more. And the thing is, like I always think when it comes to marketing is that you've got to think of yourself, like you always say, Lani, put your consumer hat on. Mm-hmm. Think of it as being how people are out reaching out to you. Like, do you just want the spray and pray method? Is that what gets your attention? Hell no. Um, You know, and like you said, with email marketing, is that do you just want to hear it? Like, I get all these kids things and stuff. I don't have kids, so it's just such a turn. And that could mean that if I delete your stuff enough, 
then that means that it'll start going to my junk mail so that when you do send something that's of interest to me, I won't see it anyway because it was just full of stuff that had had no interest to me. So and yeah. that's I think an really easy important. workaround. So when people signing up to newsletters, like you can segment it to the different audiences. Correct. Yeah. So that's the team's really working on that. So really going away from that. And, you know, we've had a couple of doozies. So um, had stands at certain events or um, shopping centres and things like that. And I think people, particularly now, are much more careful with how they spend their time. So they don't want to be cold approached in a shopping centre when we're talking about events. For other topical issues um, that are going on in the world, maybe so. Um, but when it's about events, it's it's not the time and place and p- potentially they're not the buyer. Mm, so yeah. we've really worked hard to identify. And in events, there's always, you know, if it's a product, there's an individual buying it. Maybe you've got to talk your partner into it. Maybe you're buying it as gift, that type of thing. Product is different than event sales. You need to identify who the buyer is. There's usually an organiser in the group. Yeah, There's it's your organisers. Yeah, yeah. yeah. gatekeeper somewhere. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so they're the ones that will rally the troops and find out when so everyone's available. Thing. Come on, girls, let's all go out together yeah. and I'll get, you know, tickets and stuff and, yeah. And then you got to find out where she lives. Yeah. <laughs> where she spends her time, digitally. 100%. I was going to say, where she spends her time, digitally. Where she lives. <laughs> I've got her address. <laughs> We're coming for you. Yeah. She's so in the house. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, with the, you know, the cold, um, cold call type approach definitely is something that we've done in the past. Um, and over the years, it's just really been phased out because it doesn't work. Yeah, And that's the thing too, like you said, there were certain things that, yeah, they did used to work really well back in the day, but you can't just expect these things to just keep giving the same results or whatever. And it's like, on one hand, like obviously my perspective is, is that digital has just opened up so much more opportunity. Like we can do all these kind of targeting and different platforms and we get data and like, there's just so much that comes from it. But on the other side of things, it means that there's now like 50 million channels to be on rather than just like got my TV ad, got my radio ad, you know, might do a story in the paper and I'm sorted. (laughs) It was much easier, wasn't it? Mm. And I guess the the balance of... fun now, right? Yeah, yeah, 100%. (laughs) The balance is trying to ensure that, um, you know, within our teams, we're spending the right time on the right channels where our audience is. So that's what... The priority is, I guess. And that's for any businessman. You know what I mean? Like people come to us and they're like, should I be on Facebook? Should I be on Instagram? Should I be doing this? And it's like, well, who's your audience? Who are you trying to connect with? Yeah. Where are they? Like that that's the first question. That's how you filter those things out. And then when you look at it, which ones are going to be the highest value platforms for you? Because even if, you know, for example, events, your audience is everywhere um, pretty much. But which ones are actually going to be, like you said, in the shopping center, people aren't in the right headspace or whatever for them. So that's, even though your audience might be there, that's not the right place to be finding them for this kind of purchasing decision. So it's finding them at the right time and stuff as well. So Mm. leading on from that then is what are you finding that is working well or what are some of your favorite marketing activities now? Uh, (laughs) (laughs) We um, definitely have been trying quite a few different things over the years and we're finding that the engagement, so the high touch engagement is what really works, particularly when we've got something that is a little bit of a a controversial show or it's a business event that's not moving. Um, You know, when we've got our big ones, we know that just getting the information out there, we're going to get the audiences and that's fine, that's cool we get to spend our time on those smaller ones. So um, the high-touch engagement, so our engagement team will go out and talk to schools. They'll go out and talk to groups in the community um, to try and get them involved, to get them interested and get that messaging across. 
So that's something that really works. So you're talking well. about like face-to-face engagement there, like actually going out and meeting with people and being like, "Hey, we've got this program of events happening for the year, yeah. etc." Yeah, right. That's yeah. really cool. I guess that would help you actually tailor what future events you do as well, because you can gauge what the, they're interested in rather than just going, oh, this is coming through. Hopefully someone will be interested in it. Yeah, 100%. And, you know, we've got a fantastic uh, Pathways to Performance program. So with our school, so our edgy, um, engagement officer works with the school uh, teachers. So although it might be spending time just talking to one person about one show, potentially it can convert to 30 students attending. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's definitely worthwhile and it grows our future audience. So if we get in touch with the kids now and they have their first experience at the MEC or at the festival, you know, they might be a, a patron for life. My oh. daughter's at the MEC today. They had a school excursion. She didn't know what she was seeing, but she was going on a bus. <laughs> She's, oh, I love that. I love that. She's um, seeing Edward the Emu. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> they're very excited, the whole class. Yeah, that's, so that's I a remember, perfect example. We yeah. did the same thing. Like, I fell into the band pit when we went for our preschool excursion to what was just Mackay Entertainment Centre back in the day. Of course you did. So that's my first of experience. You physically fell in the yeah. pit? Yeah, so I was oh, that's up a on work stage with everyone. Issue. No, that's just a Macaulay. <laughs> <laughs> that's not your fault. So this is like over 30 years ago on the stage and then I just remember, I don't remember the falling, I just remember standing there and like everything was black around me and I was like, where is everyone? Where did I go? <laughs> I've fallen. <laughs> <laughs> Look, but like, see, I'd been going to the mech and everything since I was like four because mum would take us to ballet and theatre and all that kind of thing. And I am, I'm a lifelong, and I'm one of the organisers. I'm one of the ones like, this event is on, let's gear up, who wants mm-hmm. to go? All right, you guys carpool together, we'll pick up these, you know, yeah. like, that's the thing because for me, I, there was, going to the theatre was like an exciting and fun and special time to spend together or whatever whereas I know some people find it intimidating and everything but like when you grow up in it like you said having them from when they're young when you grow up in it it's a part of your life yeah and that's so important too like what you just mentioned about you know people feeling intimidated there I think it's something that you know quite some time ago it was the theater was you know you behave this way you dress this way it's for these type of people to attend and those barriers all over the world venues are trying to break them down um, because it's for everybody People say, like, they don't want to go along to a corporate networking thing because they're like, oh, I won't know anyone or I'm not very professional or I don't have business cards and stuff. And it's like, none of that shit matters, Mm -hmm. man. Like, I mean, I know it's easy to say sort of thing, but having that confidence to go along to an event, no matter what it might be, you know, like, no one's there looking at you going, oh, my God, that person should not be here. (laughs) That's right. Like, how dare they walk into this event? Like, no one gives a fuck about you. You you know, like, in a nice way, (laughs) I mean, we care. We we love that you're but here, then, but everyone else is just there to enjoy themselves as well, sort of thing. Yeah. So it is that. Yeah, or going potentially out. feeling the same way. How am I doing here? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Everyone's going. Oh my god! Everyone knows I shouldn't be here. I think you know people more so now than ever are looking for like an authentic connection. Mm-hmm. Um, so if we can provide that, you know, well then we're pretty happy to go home at the end of the day knowing that that's been done. And I think that's like you know an important part of marketing is like. It is that we've got to actually deliver on it and and then, that, you know, that helps to feed it so that next time when you're, you know, marketing an event or whatever like that, it's like, oh, well, I went to this and it was really good. Like you're building your reputation and everything too. But um, so sorry, I didn't interrupt you before. Marketing channels, what's working at the moment? What's your go-to? Um, so you said about the face-to-face engagement, which I just think is awesome. 
Um, but yeah, what else have you been doing? Yeah, well, definitely social media, obviously, all of the platforms um, that we can be on. I know that there's a lot of talk about whether we should get on TikTok right now. The team's talking about it and they're like, we'll get you on TikTok. You can dance. Yeah, I feel like there's a no coming. Look, I'm just saying, not much you, of a dancer. You point um, pretty naturally when you're talking <laughs> anyway. So I think you're made for TikTok. Okay, look, we'll, <laughs> I'll give it a whirl. Like, whatever we have to do, I'll do it. But, just um, on a side note, you can be doing reels and putting them on other pl- platforms, which is part of what makes TikTok so engaging for people Mm -hmm. is those short, snappy, um, fun videos and stuff. So Instagram Reels, which can go across to Facebook. LinkedIn has actually um, part of their content program. They've employed TikTok influencers to help be shaping the way that um, content is going to be moving forward for LinkedIn even. So that style of TikTok stuff, even if you don't if you don't feel like your brand should be on TikTok, you can still be creating those short snappy videos and getting really good engagement. Mm, FYI. That. I've banned myself from TikTok. <laughs> I, I, down, down really? I'm like, I didn't know that. What is all this about? Like feeling ancient with kids <laughs> at TikTok. And I'm like, oh, there goes two hours. No TikTok for me. <laughs> <laughs> this is this is not good. But I am a sucker for reels on Insta and Facebook. Yes, so look, so am I. I'm not on TikTok either personally, but I feel like my partner sends me so many that I'm basically on it. <laughs> I do that when I'm sad. I look for puppy TikToks and then Aww. I start sending them to Lee. Well, that's, I get a business mate of mine yeah. sends me all cat ones and marketing ones and stuff. And I'm like, dude, I don't watch videos. Stop sending me TikTok. <laughs> I have this little folder of ones that just like absolutely crack me up when I need it. It's perfect. <laughs> you're so organized. <laughs> Even for your sadness, you're organized. <laughs> like, got to get shit done. <laughs> Can't waste time being sad. Anyhow. <laughs> But, yeah, I guess, you know, so we're looking at the social media channels, um, IDing the customer that's going to be the person who's the organiser. I do point a lot with my hands, Jade. I've just realised. Thanks for that. I'm just saying, <laughs> I, I think you're secretly just wanting to be on TikTok. Like, we could be filming you right now. Yeah, let's not. <laughs> um, but, yeah, so IDing that, the, you know, the ticket buyer, the person that's going to rally the troops. And, you know, it's great for the local economy as well because they're probably the person that's going to organise for them all to go out for dinner before or after the show and, and that type of thing so really identifying them um, the engagement is huge uh, the always on approach so that we can lead that lead generation all the way to a converted person who's heard about it from word of mouth which they you know probably didn't to start with um, and you know we've had a couple of real doozies that have worked so for the festival a couple of years ago we had a launch pop-up party um, beside the river and just in that event alone I that. that was good yeah so much fun so um, you know, having those behind-the-scenes sponsor uh, media type events are really important for, you know, the brand recognition and acknowledging the commitment from sponsors and things that go into events. It um, creates a bit of a community before the event starts yeah. as well. And I think you're just really making use of your networks too, you know yeah. what I mean? It's like the media is there, your sponsors are there. Like if you've got a good event, they're going to mm. want to support you. So it's not just about advertising you, you know, ticket sales, mm. etc. once tickets launch, it's then going, oh, hey, sponsors, hey, venue partner, hey, whatever, um, here's some collateral to help you share it on your networks as well. You know what I mean? Like, and I think that's the thing too, is like, if you're asking a favor essentially from someone, make it easy for them. Mm. You know what I mean? Like give them the social tile, give them the blurb, give them the Facebook event link, whatever it is that you want them sharing out there, give them those items and make it easy so that all they 
need to do is slap it in their newsletter or pop it out on their Facebook and everything too. So, yeah. And it makes all those attendees advocates then as well. They're all like, oh, I went to the launch last night. Have you seen the program? It's going to be great. Yeah. You guys should come along. Obviously, yeah. that's not going to work for like if you're doing a business-style training event or something. You don't do a launch for the training <laughs> that you're doing next week. But, but you can still engage your strategic partners. Definitely. Yep. Yeah, you really need them hyped about it so that they're hyping the next person that they talk to. And, you know, so that's really important. That's and where your word of mouth comes from, John. 100%. <laughs> 100%. Uh, honestly, those surveys, they're like, we need to have them. But at the same time, like, they've proven that because good marketing has multiple touch points, people generally don't actually remember the last touch point. Mm-hmm. They'll remember one of the middle ones and they'll have seen multiple. So the answer that they'll give you is just whichever one was most prominent in their mind most at the memorable. time. Yeah, so it could be like if they're booking tickets online, they're finding more and more people will be like, oh, I saw it on Facebook or I saw it. Like they mm. think of online methods because they're online. Yeah. So there's a psychology between, or behind what people choose. I finally got that email it. with the link and then I pressed the button and mm. I was there. But I'd heard about it 10 times before that. Yeah, yeah. and you're just like, and like you don't, like, no offense, but like I feel like those surveys, I'm not going to go, oh, God, I just want to give them the best market research data I can. <laughs> Where did I hear the best from? I'm like, this oh, really it's probably needs a Facebook. I need, like, I need some comment space here. Oh, they won't it. let me bloody buy the tickets before I filled out this mandatory field. Oh, I saw it somewhere. Oh, know. see, when I fill them out, I think, oh, you poor things. I'm going to be as detailed as I can here. <laughs> on a good day. On a good day when you got a bit of time up your sleeve. But, yeah, so those, those events really work in, in hyping us in the community and I think, um, you know, making sure that the community does feel engaged. So, you know, taxi drivers, Uber drivers, a retail store that you walk into, we want them to know about it and feel like mm. it, they have a bit of ownership, particularly of the festival um, because it is going for such a long period and scattered throughout the region. Uh, we want them to be talking about it. But So that pop-up, for instance, um, for the, you know, for the first time when we did that, you were able to come there as a member of the public and get a little bit of a taste of the I festival. We, we did go yeah, to that one. Can, I really yeah. enjoyed that one. But mm. the turnover in sales compared to when we just do a behind-the-scenes media mm. sponsor type event and put it on sale, yeah, you get your real diehards that are, you know, waiting for that sale to go on at 9 a.m. in the morning and they'll jump on there. But, I mean, it was trifold in ticket sales to what we would normally um, sell on a launch. So, so you mm. think you're going to repeat that style again in the future? Yeah, I think that we'll probably rotate through. We like to keep it fresh, so not doing the same thing um, all the time. And, you know, that's a, a challenge in itself and mm. trying to do things that haven't been done before because well, there's so many events now, but it's a fun challenge. What is it, the 31st or 32nd year of Festival of Arts in Mackay? 35. 35. Oh, yeah, yeah, I was going to say, because it was yeah. 30th when I was there. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, so 35 years. So it's a, you know, a huge achievement and a great milestone to be celebrating Definitely this year. must be doing something right then, Jim. Well, let's, let's <laughs> hope so and let's continue that tradition on. But, yeah, like, you know, we've had some wild and, and different things over the years and I don't know if you – well, I hope that you saw it, but the messengers on top of rooftops last year. Yeah, the they were going to see them through town. Yeah, so things like that. They um, really they're a great event. And people were like, oh, have you seen the one on Blah Blah Street yet? I'm like, oh, I don't go that way. I'll have like, to go that yeah, way Yeah, exactly, so that I can see it too. Yeah. <laughs> so those types of things, um, you know, although they're part of the festival program, um, they're also about activating spaces and Sparking getting people talking about and stuff, it. Man. Absolutely. Yeah. So even when, you know, our North Queensland weather decided to rip 40 knots through one of them at Blue Water Key and it had to have a bit of open heart surgery <laughs> for the day, you know, we rose to the challenge. That's what I mean. Events, fixed her up Something always goes wrong. This is it. This is event life, you know. <laughs> so, yeah, that was a, a really fun project and working with all of the um, different stakeholders for the venues that were involved that was fantastic and 
instantly they were all talking about the festival. So that's what you really need is that level of engagement throughout the community. So that's what's working really well for us. So just to wrap up, just to bring it back to, I guess, our specific audience. So obviously they are, you know, business people and stuff. So they're going to be doing business events more than wild scale festivals. I mean, some of them might have that in their back pocket. I don't know. Um, People do do family fun days and shit like that. But I guess for that, um, when you have been doing corporate you know, like you do do a lot of business events as well from very small ones through to like massive, um, you know, like mayor's ball and all those kind of things or too. even like showcases where you bring multiple business types together. And conferences kind of stuff, yeah. or, and like those conferences are huge, et cetera. I guess, are there any specific tips or things that you found that have worked for selling tickets to a business audience or not, not selling tickets, just marketing of business events? Yeah, I think what's really important is to find where their interest lies um, and make sure that you're connecting in those. So that like a spray and pray approach in particular, like, you know, generic TV, you know, always on type marketing isn't really what you're looking for, for a business specific yeah, I event. I think you really need to find out, you know, what, what's the content that you're trying to push. And there's so many avenues now, there's so many networks, LinkedIn pages, things like that, that people that are in those business communities are connected to so that you need to identify what they are, um, you know, with business events in particular, there's magazines like MiceNet and websites, platforms like that, that people are going to to go and um, find that information about what's coming up, training and development opportunities. So you need to identify those. And if you don't know what they are, I'd be talking to event organisers in the region that are doing things on a larger scale because they have such a huge range of options available to connect to those people. Cool. Yeah. Awesome. Thank you so much, Jen. We really appreciate you coming along for this. Thank you, Council, for letting us borrow Jem as well for a podcast (laughs) and for letting us use this wonderful space as well. We're actually recording in the creative studio at Gordon White Library, um, which has just come online only recently for bookings and stuff. You do have to do an induction so that you don't screw up like their Mac and everything. I don't know why they're worried about that, but whatever. They have some really cool tech, so they just want to make sure that you're using it properly. Sounds finicky to me, but anyway. <laughs> we didn't let Jade near the buttons, just for the record. There's like an applause one and everything, and she won't even let me use them. No, oh, no you should totally press that. There <laughs> is applause. There we go. <laughs> yeah, you guys can't hear us today. We'll use our imagination. It's okay. <laughs> All right. Um, but, yes, thank you so much for coming along today. We really do appreciate it. And, um, yes, it so basically, Gemma just opened it up. If you do need any advice about event marketing, just go email her because she's basically just sitting around <laughs> doing nothing, waiting All for day. people to ask her to pick their brain. So. She always looks so relaxed. Like, <laughs> you, are, you are actually a very chill person, dude. I bet it's the duck on the, on the pond. Yeah. Duck on the pond. Duck on the pond. No, but we are, you know, um, as, as a part of council, we are open definitely to um, all the business event organisers to come and chat with us. And you have to hold events at the Mech. How cool is that? Uh, And Mech events are amazing too, man. Like just everything is so taken care of. And then not that there's anything wrong with the other venues and stuff, but it's like when you go to the Mech because it's all of the staff and equipment and everything, you go somewhere else and you're like, oh, I have to do this stuff myself. Like I have to hire things. Stop, drop. One shop. Stop. (laughs) <laughs> one words. stop shop uh, yeah. okay that means it must be time to end <laughs> um, thanks so much for that Gem. we really appreciate it and we hope that you guys all enjoyed this as much as we did and we're looking forward to Festival of Arts this year 100% very keen alright cheers, cheers. 
Thanks for listening to this episode of Marketing and Margaritas. Find more free marketing tips, tricks and laughs at rebelnation.com.au.